Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about how to deal with food temptation. And the first thing you wanna do anytime you feel tempted about a food is to relax and calm down. Okay, it's the first thing you wanna do. Anytime that you're tempting, you're feeling tempted to eat a food, you understand you're in a state. There's a physiology to it and a psychology to it, how you're feeling, how you're thinking. And we always wanna start with how you're feeling by changing your body. So as soon as you realize you're kind of craving a food and you're dealing with that food temptation, we want to bring our awareness and attention into our body, relax our shoulders, our chest, our jaw, stomach. <sighs> breathe in, breathe out, relax, okay? Now we go into the mind, right? What do we want to focus on? So we want to understand that there's three phases of eating food. There's the anticipation, the consumption, and the consequence. And so typically what we're doing psychologically is we're thinking about the food and we're imagining getting it and eating it and that is driving up the temptation, the cravings for that food. So what you wanna do is you wanna start moving to the consequence phase, right? Because there's a anticipation, consumption, and consequence. And very rarely when we're in a, a craving state, a temptation state, we're usually not thinking about the consequences. And I'm not talking about the consequences of gaining weight. That's too far in the distance. It's not gonna be impactful enough to stop you. So what you wanna do is recognize the consequence that follows five minutes after you finish eating. So when you feel tempted, you relax your body, you take a deep breath or two, and then you think about the consequence of that food five minutes after you're finished. The consequences physically, mentally, and emotionally. How are you going to feel physically after you eat that food? How are you going to feel mentally? What are you gonna be saying to yourself if you eat that food five minutes later? What are you gonna be thinking about yourself? How's the internal dialogue gonna be? Are you gonna be negative with yourself, saying mean stuff to yourself? Um, and then emotionally, how are you gonna feel? Are you gonna feel frustrated, annoyed, pissed off at yourself, depressed? How are you gonna feel emotionally five minutes after you finish eating? So again, we relax ourselves to kind of get a little bit of distance. And then psychologically, we focus on the consequence piece that's right after when we finish eating. And a lot of times what this is going to do is this process is going to reduce the cravings, reduce the temptations, and bring you back to a more grounded state where you can make the best decision that you want to make for yourself. And so again, this takes practice. Understand that. So a lot of times, you know, you hear this and like, oh, that sounds great. Then you'll forget to do it. That's fine. You just remember, you know, next time you go and you eat the whole bag of cookies or something, right afterwards say, oh, this is what it feels like, right? So connect to that consequence and remind yourself, say, next time I'm tempted, I'm gonna remember to do that process. Relax, focus on the consequence. And the more you practice this, the more you're gonna find it's way easier to control your eating because you now have the ability to reduce cravings, not just fight against them. So practice this and I hope it helps you. Uh, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Yeah. Hello, Amanda. Let's see, let's see. All right, yeah. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I'm getting used to, got a new kind of setup here, camera setup, you can't tell. But uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of cool. I put my camera on a boom arm so I can move it around easily. So but I got 15 boom arms behind me. <laughs> it's a little distracting. Anyways, but yeah, if anyone's thinking about weight loss, uh, you know, if you got any questions, feel free to ask them. I know we're, we're the week a week out from Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, man, give it a shot, you know? Again, it's just about practicing it. But what you'll realize, you know, part of that process isn't even just reducing cravings. The first step really is kind of awareness of recognizing how you generate cravings. You know, cravings don't just appear out of nowhere. You're generating them with a mental process. You're usually, whatever food you're tempted, um, tempted to eat, 
what you're typically doing is you're you're anticipating getting them and then you're imagining eating it. And that's the whole movie you're watching. And that's creating higher cravings. And so when you change that process and relax your body, you're kind of going the opposite direction. And it's going to, I don't know, it's kind of profound in a way. Because again, most people, when it comes to dieting, they just assume they're going to be starving. They're going to be really hungry. They're going to have unhealthy cravings. They just assume that it's going to be really hard and they're going to fight against this with their willpower. And what Program Yourself Thin is all about is really having a preventative approach to this whole thing so that, uh, you know, it's, we prevent the cravings. We don't just want to fight against them because fighting against cravings is uh, difficult. It's hard. And, and we want this process to be easy. Clean the microphone off of lint. But yeah, I don't know. It's Thanksgiving though. It's funny. I, I you know, as a, I've been doing this for a long time, uh, and Thanksgiving is is one of the tougher ones because it's really boy. I mean, it is the eating holiday. We're really stringing two of those together now, right? The hol- Halloween and, and Thanksgiving float right into each other. I'll still eat Halloween candy. <laughs> the next week it's Thanksgiving. The next week it's Christmas. It's uh, you gotta be careful of that. Uh, Linda says, "What is your take on strength training and weight training, muscle gain on fat loss for women?" Um, my take on it is that if you're not actively, if you're overweight and you want to lose weight and you, what's up, Marcy, uh, and you have not been strength training or exercising much, I would not start with that, okay? Because if you have not been doing any sort of strength training and you want to lose weight and you think you need to do a lot of strength training to lose weight, most of your energy is going to go towards getting yourself to do the strength training and then recovering from the strength training. And I like strength training, by the way. So let me make clear. I, I think strength training, you know, rigorous exercise is great, um, but in the right context. Uh, so I think a lot of people start off with exercising too hard. I just made a video on this. And um, what ends up happening is they get they, they get tired, they get hungrier, and they get sore. And that's not a good, that's not where you want to be if you want to control your eating. And again, when it comes to weight loss, it's the it's the stuff going in your mouth is the number one thing. Um, just mathematically, you know, it takes five minutes to eat 500 calories. It takes an hour to burn it off. And so your way, you get way more return on an energy investment by focusing on your eating first, if you want to lose weight. Um, and again, strength training, I think is great, but there are, there's downsides to it. Again, it's that's for weight loss. Um, you're not going to gain, you know, the muscle gain you get off of working out is going to be nothing in the beginning compared to the hunger, tiredness, and soreness you feel. And those things all drive you to overeat and eat the wrong foods. So that's my take on that. Um, you know, unless you start really, really slow, you know, which people rarely do. So, but again, I, I, but I think muscle gain and, and strength training is, is important for everyone, especially as we get older. Um, so yeah, but I, I think strategically, that's not the first thing I would suggest people focus on if they want to lose weight. I suggest focusing on the, the eating piece of it. Um, you'll get much more benefits and you'll be set up for the long term. You know, it's hard, it's hard to set up a, uh, it's hard to get into a, a strength routine. Oh, you're welcome, Linda. Uh, again, not to say it's not valuable, but, but people like just, I don't know, um, they kind of overestimate their abilities. The idea that you're just going to like instantly tomorrow, just completely start working out consistently every day or three times a week and change all your eating all at once. It's crazy. You're not going to do that. You know, you got to give yourself some time and, um, be more strategic. Danny says, what's your opinion on EFT tapping? Uh, I think, I mean, if I want, I'll give you my honest opinion, you know, because that's, that's what we're here for. I'm not here to bullshit anyone. Um, I am a hypnotist, okay? So as a hypnotist, I see I see hypnosis in everything. And and I see, when I see EFT, I think, I think there's benefits to it. 
But I think a lot of those benefits are more because someone believes in them. And it's a process that helps people become more in, internally aware and internally oriented. And I think that's valuable. Uh, and so I tend to think it's it's more the hypnotic effects of belief, uh, of be more aware of what's going on inside of you, of relaxing, of working through tensions and stresses and little traumas you've had. I think it's a great strategy for that. Do I think that actual energetic meridians are being unblocked and opened? I don't, you know, but... Um, so, so that being said, I have seen people succeed with everything. You know what I mean? Like there's 7 billion people in the world. People succeed with, with everything. So a lot of it to me comes down more to what you believe in and what just really resonates with you. I'm certified as a Reiki <laughs> practitioner, by the way. So I, I don't believe in that either. I don't, I don't believe there's actual healing energy going through my hands into a person's body. I don't really believe that. Um, Something feels like it's going on. Like my hands will get warm, but I don't know. It feels like it's up in here. And if the person gets benefit, a lot of times I think it's kind of up in here and it's the relaxation and, and the calm that they feel. That That's my opinion on it. But but I don't know enough about it either. But, you know, not an expert at that. Um, is it necessary to take breaks from diet to avoid plateaus? I mean, how long can you be on a cut? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I don't know. I, I would. How long can a person be on a cut? <laughs> I don't know. I think um, the way I look at it is, I never want to be. I, I don't. I don't want to take breaks. I want to. I want to create a lifestyle. I want to create a mindset, a lifestyle, and a way of eating that I want to live with forever. So, so I, you know. So let me just. I have to start from the beginning here. I don't think like a dieter. Most dieters are really just thinking about. I just want to lose the weight. I want to get to my goal weight. Um, think of it as a finish line. I, I think of getting to your goal weight is the starting line. And my goal for you is not for you to lose weight because I don't think you really want to lose weight. I don't think that's your main goal. I think your main goal is that you want to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. Is that not a more well-articulated goal for what you actually want? You know, your subconscious mind is very, very literal. So I think you have to be very specific with what you want. And I think the idea that you want to lose weight is not really accurate. And so I think the first step is to realize I want to live at my goal weight. Okay. So if we think about living at our goal weight, we stop taking the focus off of losing weight and we start putting the focus on a living at our goal weight. And so I don't think in terms of cuts and then coming back up to maintenance. I just think at maintenance. I really, I think of the ultimate plateau. I was just having this conversation with a client yesterday. Um, is a plateau just a temporary thing while you're losing weight? Because I said, I, I'm eventually, I just think of myself at, at the ultimate plateau. I'm just going to stay here forever. And it's just a semantics. I don't know. But um, the way I think of it personally, I've been the same way for 30 years. I won blip 12 years ago. But I think of it as just being on a plateau. Like I have my, my mindset, my lifestyle, my eating are structured in a way that they keep me at this weight. So, so that's how I think about it. So I, I don't, I don't want to see like drastic changes to my behavior to cut weight because I'm not going to be able to keep those. Like you said, how long can you be on a cut? How long can you do those drastic changes? Um, not long usually. So I don't think that way. I think about how can I maintain my goal weight for the rest of my life? I don't think about drastic cuts. So I hope that makes sense. And so is it necessary to take breaks from a diet? Yeah, everyone has to anyways, never mind the avoiding plateau as if it's a physical thing. You know, so so sometimes it's, oh, you got to hit this plateau, your body's going to regulate all this. But but the, the science says it's not a physical plateau that, that makes us plateau with the weight, typically, especially if it's a longer plateau. It's the fact that we start eating more calories without realizing it. And it's because it's hard to consistently, drastically cut calories long term. You know, I hope that helps out. Um, 
Uh, is there a way to avoid loose skin? Um, this is one of those things that there's doesn't seem to be a real clear answer. Depends on the person. Uh, you know, it depends on how quickly you lose the weight. You know, so ideally you want to lose it a little bit slower, gives your body time more time to kind of, you know, take care of that. Lo lo you know, loosen it up. Depends on how much weight you got to lose. Uh, there's a lot of factors. It depends how you're losing the weight. You know, so again, I would say the best thing. There's kind of a two two part answer. The first thing is again. I'm a big fan of slow systematic weight loss for, for a number of reasons, this being one of them. I think that the skin has more time to kind of tighten up as you're losing the weight. It's not this drastic thing. Um, and, and along with that is, again, what I was just talking about, like really focusing on weight mastery. So that not that you're just losing the weight, but that you're living at this new goal weight. And I think staying at that weight and allowing your body that is good. You, you know, your cells, you, you regenerate all your cells every seven years. So... I think there's something to it. Like when you when you stop thinking about losing weight and you start thinking about living at your goal weight and living a lifestyle and a way of being of living at your goal weight. Um, if you do that, if you do that for, I know you're going to get four, five, six, seven years. You never think in those time frames, right? But I, you know what what happens to lose skin after then? You know, it tends to tighten up because you 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 transform. There's epigenetics. You know, you're not just the genetics DNA you were born with. There's epigenetics that you know, kind of flip on and off depending on the environment you're in and, and how you're living. And so when you start to accumulate years living healthier, happier, uh, more relaxed and calmly, uh, how can that affect your skin, right? So, so again, I, I know that's not the answer you probably want. You want to know how can I lose weight quick and how do we deal with loose skin? Uh, I don't know. And so the other piece, the other side of that prong of that answer is that sometimes we're going to have loose skin. Um, but this gets to a bigger picture that, that a lot of times when we want to lose weight, Part of what's driving that desire is this fantasy thinking that we're going to look like a athlete or a movie star. And a lot of times we're not. You know, we're not going to look like we were when we were 20. And I don't mean to say this negatively, but we've got to come face to face with this. They call it the false hope syndrome. And it's specific. Well, it's, it's in a lot of places, but it's especially you got to watch out for for dieters because every diet ad you see is before and after pictures, right? They're always trying to hype you up with looking better. And again, that, that's a piece of it. But the bigger piece, I hope even if you're going to lose skin. And I think that's a good question to ask. What will, do I still want to lose weight if it'll mean I'm going to have loose skin? You know, and I think that's a, that's a tough question to ask in a sense, but it's a, it's a, an important question to ask because if you don't have a clear cut answer to that, you'll probably not even lose weight and you'll wonder why. Well, it's because you're, you're incongruent. It's because deep down you don't want to lose weight because you don't have loose skin. So you've got to get very congruent with what your goal is. And I would suggest Fuck it. Who cares if you have loose skin? You're better off health-wise. You be, when you get your weight down, when you get healthier, you're probably going to live longer. You're going to have a better quality of life, and you'll have a better quality of life with looser skin. You know. So I say this not to be unsympathetic. I say it that when you get to your goal weight, there's still going to be things about yourself that you don't like physically about yourself. And so we've got to like face those questions head on. The weight loss isn't going to make everything a magical reality for you. You know, there's still going to be bullshit you got to deal with. And so. Um, you know, so there's the acceptance. I always say there's two steps to weight mastery, action and acceptance. At some point, you're going to get to a point, you know, it's like, I want to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Well, I'm not going to, I got my weight where I want it to be, but I'm not going to look like that. I don't have the genetics. I don't have the desire to work out like that. I don't have, that's not me. You know, so it's like, at some point you accept who you are and you start feeling grateful for it. And sometimes that involves loose skin. You know, I got stretch marks when I lost weight, you know, and it is what it is, you know, and I'm not comparing the two necessarily, but I'm just, there's always something.
you know, get older. My eyes look weird. My face, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what are we going to do? I, I, I wish I could get older and look like George Clooney. I, I don't know. What, what can I do? <laughs> I'm not. And so I just deal with it. But I think there's a lot of power in that, you know, because again, we're just, oh my God, this culture we live in, right? It's just constantly putting these ideas of perfection. And it's just like, everywhere you look, you just feel like shit about yourself, you know? And it's like, it never ends. I'll give you an ultimate example of this too. I was working, um, Last year, I was certifying a group um, of coaches and program yourself thin that, that method, and um, one of them she was a she had been a competitive bodybuilder, and I said, "What's it like? You know, right before you're about to go on stage, and you're like six percent body fat, which is so low for a woman. I'm like, what's it feel like? Well, you're in this perfect shape. She goes, "I'm just noticing more imperfections, more flaws, and things that I'm not happy with." And I'm like, "Geez, it just never ends unless you make it end. You know what I mean? Like, like the physical part can't make it end. You have to make it end with how you're thinking." You know, and that, and that, that goes to loose skin as well. Let's see. Thank you. Also, my doctor said I qualify Ozempic. What's your opinion on that? Uh, yeah, Ozempic. I, I, I don't love Ozempic. Uh, I'll tell you why. You know, I heard it best. I heard a doctor actually describe it this way um, to me, is that Ozempic is like if you're in quicksand, that, that's bad, right? But but Ozempic is like a shovel. <laughs> Someone throws you a shovel, right? So you're still in quicksand, but at least now you can kind of like, you know, n not sink as quickly, you know? And I think a big part is it doesn't deal with the core problem. You know, Ozempic was, I think we all know this, right? The semi-glutides were, were made for type 2 diabetics who were, you know, what ends up happening? I mean, a lot of people don't even know diabetes, right? So, so what happens is you eat sugar, flour, you know, other things, it turns into glucose, blood sugar. And so when we flour and sugar, especially, it spikes our blood sugar quickly. And so when you spike our blood sugar, it's toxic to our body. We can't have high levels of glucose, right? It's inflammatory and toxic. And so our body releases insulin, our, our pancreas releases insulin. And that basically, you can think of it like a key that opens the cells because all the cells use glucose. And so the, the insulin is like a key that unlocks the cells and it pushes the glucose in there, gets it out of the bloodstream. But uh-oh, now, now the insulin's in there and the insulin's inflammatory and toxic too at high levels. So um, your body's not good at measuring uh, glucose levels, you know, or, or, or insulin levels because we can't spike our glucose in nature. It's very difficult, right? I put you in the woods, you ain't spiking your glucose levels, right? We really spike our glucose levels pretty much with sugar and flour and processed foods. So, um, so uh, you know, we spike our glucose levels and then we, we have this surge of insulin and it brings the glucose levels down then we usually get hungry and tired again. Anyways, eventually when we do this, and we can do this now, like I said, na naturally you could you couldn't even do this if I drop you off in the woods. But now in the modern world, we could do this four, five, six, seven times a day, every day. And so what happens is eventually we get resistant to the insulin. The cells get resistant to it. And so your pancreas needs to release more insulin to, to open up the, those doors. And um, eventually the, the cells in the pancreas can't produce the insulin anymore. And so um, what these semaglutides did is they help those cells in your pancreas produce more insulin, right? They're kind of juiced out, but this helps them produce more. So it turns out it has the effect that it also, uh, it sometimes in some people, affects hunger signaling. Now, the best case scenario, a lot of times these semaglutides is that you feel nauseous. You know, you feel nauseous and you, you don't want to eat, you know? And so again, it's not dealing with the core issue because A, uh, the second you stop taking it, everything goes back to the way it was and you'll put the weight back on. Um, and B, you're never really getting to the core issue of how to control your mindset, lifestyle, and eating, you know? And so if this was some magic pill, people would do it. So I know people do it because, well, being obese versus being on this stuff, let's just fix it. 
you know, but again, it's not the core problem. It's just like I had a person yesterday that gets the stomach sleeve, you know, and I've worked with lots of people that get the gastric bypass or the sleeve and they put the weight back on afterwards. You say, well, how's that possible? Their stomach's a third of the size it was. Well, people find ways. They just start eating all the time, you know, and they just eat differently. And so even the semaglutides, you know, unless you want to be on that medicine your whole life, and like you said, you qualify for it now, um, maybe because you're technically obese or maybe because you're type 2 diabetic. But if you start taking that and you're no longer obese, you're no longer type 2 diabetic, now insurance doesn't cover it. And now you got to pay $1,000, $2,000 a month for it. Or you got to figure, again, you go back to the drum board, you got to figure out how to actually handle it on your own. So again, I, I'm not against it for type 2 diabetics. You know, it seems like a great medicine for that. For weight loss, it just seems like another Band-Aid on a gunshot wound and it's not really fixing the problem. It's just treating a symptom. But So that's my thought on it. But I'm a mindset guy. So I obviously, I want to get a, when program yourself then I always teach a holistic, comprehensive mindset-based approach to mastering your weight. And it's not just the eating, it's also the lifestyle and the mindset piece. And so Zempic doesn't do any of that for you. You know, it just makes you feel nauseous so you don't want to eat. And I know people get so desperate they want to do that, so... Marcy says, so I actually lost weight on my cruise. Thank you, Marcy. That's that's so awesome. That's crazy. I'm going to, I got to take a picture of this. That is a crazy thing, you know. I got to say that that's a first. I've been doing this for a while, but that that is a first that I've seen someone lose weight on a cruise. <laughs> that's awesome job. Marcy's in the program, right? So she's listening to that stuff. And I know, um, yeah, it affects you even when you're not being strict with things, you know, even when you're on a cruise. That's funny. That's, I'm going to use that. Marcy, I'm going to ask you for a testament. I got your your friend there, uh, Karen. She's going to give me one too. How do I stop that gain and regain of the last 10 pounds? Keep self-sabotaging once I hit my goal. Oh yeah, okay, let's talk about that, right? Because everyone can learn from this answer. Um, basically, you all, if you're struggling with your weight, you got two mindsets right now. You got your overweight mindset, which is your normal natural mindset. Like when you're not focusing on weight or, or your weight, you know, eating better and all the rest of it, you just live there and you stay at that overweight weight. And then you got your diet mindset. Right. And that's when you just try and fight against it as much as you possibly can. And so in the best case scenario, what happens typically is people will diet themselves down to their goal weight. But the same problem still remains that you got two, um, you got two mindsets. You got the overweight mindset. And you got a diet mindset and you can't keep dieting and you can't go back to think like an overweight person. And so a lot of people do is they'll put the weight back on and then diet again because this is all you know. You know how to be an overweight person. You know how to be a dieter. You never learn you don't know how to be a thin and healthy person. And so how can you, how can you ever be the thin, healthy person you want to be? You don't, you have no sense of what that is, you know? And this happens all the time. You know, folks, if you, if you reference back, I know you've all lost weight and put it back on, but if you think about it, there's a, a very, a very unique anxiety that a person experiences as they get close to their goal weight, because the whole process is about losing weight. Your, your whole diet mindset is about losing weight. And then you have your overweight mindset. And so never in there is there some sense of how do I live at my goal weight? How do I be a thin and healthy person for the rest of my life? Like notice when I ask that question, it's just, it's blankness, right? It's always said if I, if I ask you how to say shoe in Chinese, you're like, uh, there's nothing there, right? There's no neural connections. You don't have the mindset of a thin and healthy person. So how are you gonna be that person? Everything you do when you lose weight is basically doing the opposite of what you normally do. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a, it's a anti-reaction what you, to your normal mindset. And you can only do that for so long. And so never are you creating the mindset of a thin, healthy person. And so that's what I think. That's why I think it happens. I think that's, that's why most people struggle with it. Now, by the way, if you want to, if you're not in my world, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session and watch the training I give you. Three steps to master your weight. And uh, I go through the whole system and how to change this. It's all free. 
Rule three. Yeah. Thanks, Hazel. Thanks for liking this. I wish my doctor told me this. LOL. Thank you. Yeah, I know doctors. I listen. I, you know, I, I think doctors are great for acute problems, right? You got broken bone. You got some illness. Uh, you know, cancer stuff like that. You know, probably. Uh, it's they're good. Chronic problems. They do not seem to have a lot of great answers. They certainly do not have a lot of great insight when it comes to weight. We, we've never had more medical you know, influence ever. And, and 82% of the population is overweight or obese. We know this. You go to the doctor, you're, you're obese. And they say, you know what? You should, you should really you should think about losing some weight. And no shit, doctor. Yeah, no shit. I think about it all the time. You, you got anything more for me? Mm, get a little bigger and we can put you on Ozempic. <laughs> can you explain to me how diabetes works? That's why I explain how diabetes works. I remember my mom was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and the doctor goes, don't eat any white food. Oh, that's it? That That's, she's got this, this, <laughs> deadly disease which we don't consider deadly anymore for some crazy reason and you're gonna say don't eat white food that's it that's the explanation you get it's it's a crazy world we live in you know but do you have online coaching um yeah i got got the program yourself in program it's the shit (laughs) this is the best weight mastery program out there it's the best mindset program there is for for how to master your weight um, but don't just get it. Go watch, like I said, go get the hypnosis session I give you, right? It's called the New Thin Me. It's a kickstart session. Um, but watch the training. Watch the training. It's free. It's like about a half hour. And it'll lay out the whole process. And at the end of that, I talk about the program. If it's a good fit, get in it, you know? There's nothing, I was just saying, like, like um, my, my, some of my favorite clients are people that start in November and December because I love people that go against the grain, you know, I really do. And, and, you know, a lot of people are, they're this close to shutting off until January 1st, <laughs> you know? And it's like, Jesus, if you do the same thing you always do, you're gonna get the same results you always get. Are you really think you're gonna wake up January 1st, some different version of yourself? Good fucking Lord. You're not. You gotta make a change now. Send your mind and body a signal that we're doing things different. And, and we'll program yourself then. You can still, you'll enjoy yourself more on the holidays than you have in years. You'll still eat the, the same shit you want to eat. You just won't eat as much of it and you'll be more moderated. And you'll find that's more enjoyable than pigging out on everything. And and it is, you know, so you'll be more calm. You'll be more relaxed, you know? It's not a diet. No one wants to diet through the holidays because it's all or nothing. Program yourself thins all or something. And that's the magic. That's the magical plan to get your, your results. Uh, any tips for weight loss for someone who is technically healthy and slim still want to lose 10 pounds? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the same thing. I mean, it's always, always the same thing. Whether you got 100 pounds to lose or you got 10 pounds to lose, it's the same thing. That your, we all have our automated behavior. Your, your weight is subconsciously controlled. Your eating is an automatic behavior. You just do it on autopilot. Like you brush your teeth, you just do that on autopilot. Same times a day, you just do it, you know? And so your eating's the same way. You just got these eating patterns that are triggered by different environments. You eat certain ways in breakfast. You know, sometimes you eat different at breakfast at home than when you go out to breakfast at a restaurant. You got your lunch routines, you got your dinner routines, your snacking routines, okay? And so whether that makes you 100 pounds overweight or whether it makes you 10 pounds at weight, you got your automated behaviors that are doing that. And so it's the same process for for both people. Um, It's just the 10 pounds doesn't need as much shifting and tweaking. But basically, it's the same thing. You want to find your worst eating habit. What's the worst eating habit that's showing up daily or weekly? And go to work on that. Um, don't just try and consciously cut all the calories down because that only lasts a little while. Find your worst eating habit and go to work on it. You know, that, that would be my practical tip. Um, 
to get that last 10 pounds down. Marcy said, and I still enjoyed myself. Went on a cruise, lost weight, and still enjoyed herself. Oh, my God. Is that really possible? <laughs> That's so awesome, Marcy. I'm so proud of you. So good. I keep seeing overweight people lose all the weight and meet their goals. I keep seeing overweight people lose all the weight. Oh, and I can't lose 10 pounds. Well, you know, those overweight people are probably going to put all that weight back on. And being 10 pounds out from your goal weight... I would say, okay, so here, let me, since you mentioned that, there's, there's another thing to do. The first thing is I would, I would reinforce my goal. Why do you want to lose 10 pounds? You, you don't right now. We weigh what we want. Okay. So, so listen, everyone, you weigh what you want to weigh. Let's make it real simple. Okay. You're struggling trying to wonder why you can't lose the weight. It's because you don't want to lose the weight. You weigh what you want to weigh subconsciously. So the first thing I would do is you want to lose 10 pounds. Why? What's going to change if you're 10 pounds lighter? You probably don't really care. Thank you for the insight. You're welcome. I had no idea what to do, then gain 10 pounds, and I found you. Game changer. Yeah, so Jody's good like that. Jody, um, we talk about that. She's in the program. So she, she's always struggled with that, right? So as you got closer to the goal weight, she's freaking out. Because again, what are you going to do? It's uncharted territory. It's a brave new world, and it freaks you out. Being at your goal weight freaks you out. That's why you can't even think about it. You can't even imagine what that would be like. You can't even imagine it. All you know is being overweight and dieting. So you've got to create a thin and healthy mindset because it's funny, like, it's almost like as you get close to your goal, it's like, it's just panic. Do you not realize that? Like, I don't know if you've realized that. Why do you think about the weight went back on? He's, oh no, Jim, I love being a goal. I want to be at my goal weight. Well, why aren't you there? I want to be at my goal weight and I'm right there. And it's not easy. I, I have mastered my mindset, lifestyle, and eating. It, it wasn't easy. It, it took It took work. But it's work that was well worth it because I want to be at this weight. I really, really want to live at this weight. I think it gives me the best chance of living the longest life possible and having the best quality of life while I'm here. And I really want to live at this weight. And if you're not at the goal weight you want to be at, it's because you don't really want to live at that weight. Do you not believe that? I don't know. Hit me up. Um, Cassie says, I have no motivation to work on my weight, yet I'm overweight. Yeah, I get it. Hey, Cassie, at least you're honest. You know what I mean? I feel like I see this all the time with dieters. Like they're out there being like, oh, all I want to do is just lose weight. I want to lose weight more than anything in the world. No, you don't. Stop saying that. That's a, that's a, it's not true. And it's a, a thought that creates, it makes you powerless. Because if you think you want to lose weight more than anything in the world and you're not doing it, it's because you don't have the ability or power to do it. And I'm sitting here telling you, you absolutely have the power to lose weight. You do not have the motivation. You don't want to lose weight. That's why you're not losing weight. And until you realize what the real problem is, you can't fix it because you're saying, there's something wrong with me. I want to lose weight more than anything in the world and I can't do it. Is it, is it my willpower? Am I addicted to food? What, what's going on? Well, it's that you're not really motivated. And once you get the motivation piece down, everything else becomes way easier. But if you think, you know, if you think this is the problem, the problem's really this, you're in a bad spot, you know? And that's where most people are with their weight loss. I'm literally dreading the holidays because of gaining weight and no control eating around this time. Yeah, I get it. A lot of people dread in the holidays, you know, when you don't know how to, when you don't genuinely know how to influence your eating and your mindset and your lifestyle, yeah, the holidays are terrifying, right? Because you just feel tempted. And again, if you're a dieter, you're all or nothing. So it's like if you eat one cookie, you eat all the cookies, you know, there's no moderation. You have no ability to do that. So yeah, it gets scary. But I'll tell you this, that the best thing you can do to actually, you know, dread, get rid of that dread is calm down, relax. How can you enjoy the holidays? 
I know you don't think of this question much, but, but how can you enjoy the holidays more? And stay in control of your weight. Right, so Marcy will do that. Marcy's, if she went on a cruise and lost weight. So the holidays are going to be easy for her now. You know, but everyone in the program, because that's what we're always doing. How can you go through the holidays most successfully? Right? So you're, you're assuming that the holidays are going to be like they were in the past, because that's what our brain does. We do what we did. We, we think about things in the future the way that we've experienced them in the past. And so if the holidays have all been stressful and you're always overeating and gaining weight, then you're going to assume that's how this holiday is going to go. And so you need to write a new script. You need to have a new story for how this holiday is going to go. And I hope the foundation is that you're calm and relaxed and you want to get as much enjoyment out of the holidays as possible. Oh, well, if I do that, I'm going to eat everything. I'm drink everything. No, you're not. The most enjoyment is not eating everything. Eating all the cookies is not the most enjoyment. The most enjoyment is eating a couple cookies. So you got to eat the cookies and you got to maintain your, your weight and your momentum, you know? But watch my training, Z3 Jade, okay? Watch the training. It'll help you with all that stuff, okay? There's no reason to dread anything, okay? Um, how to deal with judgment? Whoop. Wait, what did someone say? I find it difficult to not overeat on certain things like sugar, chocolate, and crisps. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? We all have certain things that we struggle with. Everyone has specific foods they struggle with more than others. And so it's up to you to figure out what those foods are. What are the foods that... Like I can't, I can't buy like a loaf of sourdough bread and leave it in my house. I'll, I'll just start eating it. I can't not eat it, you know? And so I don't put it in my house a lot, you know? So it's like some things you have more control over and some things are more tempting to you. And so the things that are more tempting to you, the first thing I do is identify what those are and then come up with strategies to deal with them. I can't have a, a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream in the freezer that I really like, you know? Because I'll just keep thinking about it and think about it and I'll keep eating it. And so what I'll do if I eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream, I can eat it whenever I want, but I got to go to the store and then I get a small one. So that's, that's an example of a strategy, you know, and I, I got a bunch of them, but, but don't, yeah, you find it difficult because you don't have any good strategies, you know? So it's again, identify the, the three most tempting foods that you struggle with, the three foods that are most responsible for the extra weight and go to work on finding solutions for them. Right? Um, Amanda says, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. How to deal with judgmental family members during the holidays that try to encourage unhealthy foods. Yeah. Yeah. That's for real. Right. Yeah. We'll be talking about that for sure. Um, yeah, it's, you know, here, I, I, and I get this. I went through the same thing. So at, at the core of this, my, my first part of this answer is that you, in a situation where you don't have supportive people around you, you have got to make a focus of this process, really reinforcing your motivation and why you want to do this, okay? You got to really get clear. Do I want to do this? Do I want to eat healthy? Do I want to lose weight? And you have to ask that question and, and wait for the real genuine answers because you got to be, you got to sharpen your motivation, you know, you just do. If you were in a more supportive environment, you wouldn't have to do that as much. But again, everyone's got their challenges and strengths. And so we have to identify what those are, um, build on the strengths primarily, and then work on resolving some of the biggest challenges we have. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're going to encourage you to eat unhealthy food. So first off, you strengthen your motivation. B is when you're going to be around these people, make sure you're not hungry. Okay. So go into those situations satisfied, drink some water, eat some fruit, um, nourish yourself, have a small meal before you go into those situations so you feel grounded and you're not hungry and you feel more you know, grounded in what your goal is and how you want to be. And then obviously the third one, program yourself. Then you want to program yourself. How do you want to act in those situations? How do you want to feel? You know, Start asking that question. And Candy Claus says, maybe because it is dark and cold here now, I'm not caring as much about being slim. Oh, that's for sure. I also know it's time to get into the gym and build muscle, but not motivated. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I get it. Yeah, when it gets dark and cold, I think, 
I, I feel like I think about this all the time. Because uh, we, we, you know, and this just is, gets to a bigger picture that we, we can't just approach weight loss always like it's the same. There's always different factors that are impacting us, and one of them's the cold. So yeah, I think it's a lot of people will say, yeah, it, it's harder for me to want to eat a salad when. Uh, that's weird. Uh, it's it's harder for me to want a salad in the winter. I get it. You know what I mean. So we take those things into account, and and I tell myself like if I put extra five pounds under in the winter, I don't care. You know, because I feel the same thing. I'm gonna go skiing and all the rest of it. And I notice, like, the 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 leaner I get, the colder I get. I've noticed that. And so I go snowboarding and stuff. Um, there's an aspect of that that I think, anyways. I don't know if it's real or not. Um, so yeah, you put an extra five pounds on, but raise your goal weight during the winter. You can do that. And then when it gets slimmer, if you get, you have more motivation to get slimmed down, then you drop it down. Again, let your goal weight. Your goal weight doesn't have to be some arbitrary number. I find that all the time, people just choosing some arbitrary number they picked. Oh, it was when I weighed when I was 20. It was when I weighed when I got married. That's what, when I lost a bunch of weight on Weight Watch, that's what I weighed. Do you want to weigh that now? Yeah, sure, I guess. That's what I weighed then. Well, there, there's no meaning in that, you know? So it's like, you know, I've been the same way for 30 years, but 12 years ago, I put 25 pounds on and I took 15 of it off, but I raised my goal weight by 10 pounds because life was just challenging and difficult then. I had a young baby where you're doing the house, running a business. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of responsibilities, stresses, all the rest of it. And so your goal weight can change. You know what I mean? You, you should have a goal weight that is, you know, relevant and, and um, you know, you take into account the context you're living in. It doesn't always just have to be this, this number you said, you know? I also know it's time to get into the gym and build muscle, but not motivated. Yeah, if you're not motivated, then don't do it. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if you're not motivated, don't do it. And then if you want to do it, get motivated. I don't know if that sounds weird. What's up, Karen? I'm <laughs> better late than never, right? For sure. I started late anyways today. Um, I got a whole new camera set about setting up. But anyways, any tips for not gaining weight during the holidays? Uh, yeah, just don't eat any extra food. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, how do you not gain weight during the holidays? Well, you know, my wife was just telling me she read a study that uh, the, the average person puts a pound on during the holidays. I've seen different studies. I don't know. Um, and then, then they lose that once the holidays are over. So I don't think the holiday weight gain is as much as people think because gaining weight, you know, you don't realize this, but gaining weight consistently or losing weight consistently, they're both hard because your brain and body are built to maintain the status quo and you just do what you did. So a, an increase or a decrease in weight takes sustained behavioral change. And that is hard to do. Either, way, either direction. So even on the holidays, you'll have these different things that may pop up occasionally and you might extra eat, but then usually January kind of go back to what you normally do, okay? That being said, some tips if I wanted to control my weight that would help me eat better during the holidays, I would focus on being more calm and relaxed, right? Sometimes the holidays are more stressful. You got more responsibilities, all, you know, you're going places, you're spending a lot of money, um, pressures of buying gifts and all this other stuff. So, so having a, a ritual in your life, some, some way to relax and calm down consistently, I think it's probably one of the most important things you could do. Um, and then obviously working on, you know, optimizing your, your good eating, you know, as well. Uh, I used to go on long walks every day, but now it gets dark at 4.30, so I don't go out. Um, yeah, I get that too, you know? So it's like, yeah, you either accept it or you figure out ways to walk in the dark. You know, there's kind of two ways to go from there. Um, can't wait to enjoy every pleasure meal, no guilt. Yeah, exactly, Jody. That's right. Lay's potato chips in the yellow bag. Yep, yep. Um, have you lost weight yourself? Just wondering. Um, I have 90 pounds to lose. Uh, yeah, I dropped 50 pounds. I used to be 50 pounds heavier um, 30 years ago. And I lost it by 
I would say the weight mastery pyramid, mindset, lifestyle, eating, you know, and that's really the way that I changed mine and what I teach people to do um, as well. Uh, can't have a big bag of Lay's in house, only the little one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And that's, it's fine. You know, that's part of the pleasure eating piece too. Like, like program yourself. Then we have a five, two model, five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating, but the pleasure eating is really important folks. You know, you need to heal your relationship with food. Um, and a weird like question we ask in the program a lot is how can I enjoy food the most? How can I get the most pleasure out of food? And I think people's knee jerk reactions, I'll just eat it all. But I think you, if you explore that a little more, I think you'll realize the most pleasure you can get out of food is to eat it at your goal weight. Um, when you're in control of your thoughts, your lifestyle, your eating, you can have what you want to eat, you know? So, so you have to get out of the idea that you can never have the things you love to eat. And instead start asking the question, how can I have the things I love to eat and get even more enjoyment out of it? And you eat those foods when you're mastered your weight and your health and you've mastered your eating and you're not worried about you're going to go crazy with them. It, it's an amazing feeling. One of the most pleasurable, I'd say. Um, Cass says, I think I've reached a dangerous level of self-acceptance, which I struggle with for a long time. A dangerous level of self-acceptance? What's that mean? That you've accepted yourself being overweight and it's not healthy for you? Like you're at a not healthy weight? Is that what you mean? Um but I know I have to look and feel my best. That's interesting. I'm wondering, a dangerous level of self-acceptance. I haven't heard that phrase that way. That's, that's a very interesting phrase. I don't, if you want to expand on that, I'd be, I'm very curious. I actually find having a lot of fun-sized packets at home makes me less tempted than one big packet. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so to that point, that's actually... Brian Wansink is an interesting character. He runs the... Well, he didn't. I don't know if he still does, but he used to run the food lab at the Cornell, um, Cornell University. And... Um, I don't know. He got into some some issues about a study. Pra I don't. I don't understand that. So I'm not a scientist. But, anyways, he writes some interesting stuff, and he does a lot of interesting studies on things. But one of the books he'd written about was talking about um, like fun size stuff, small package stuff, and how that actually is one of the best techniques there is to eat less food, because what happens is there's a thing called the Zagarnik effect, and TV. TV um, shows use this all the time. You know, it's like when you're watching your, your show on, on like a regular network TV and it's like you get to the best part and just when you're in a commercial, right? Because what happens is that opens up this, this loop in your head and you're like, oh, I need to know how that finishes, right? And so it, it, it sustains your attention and you just need to pay attention until you find out how that gets fixed, right? And so when we're eating food, there's an aspect of that where it's like when we open a candy bar, it's like we just want to get to the end of it to kind of close the loop. And so when, if we have a king size candy bar, we'll probably eat the whole thing because we just want to complete that loop and finish it. And so if we get a small one, we're eating less, but we're still completing that loop just with a, a much smaller, you know, piece of candy. So that, that actually is a good strategy that works. And that's been, that's been proven. Uh, I'm fighting with my weight for years. I'm addicted to sweets. Help. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people fighting with their weight for years, you know, and so I get it. And, and the word you used, I think, is right, is that you're fighting. You're fighting with your weight, which really means I'm fighting with myself, which really means you have two mindsets, an overweight mindset and a diet mindset. And when you try and lose weight, it's your diet mindset trying to fight against your normal, natural, overweight mindset. And you keep doing that. But your normal, natural, overweight mindset is the issue here. And so let's talk about that. Um, you weren't born with it. You were programmed. It was programmed into you. You learned how to eat the way you eat now. And the way you eat now keeps you overweight naturally, unless you diet and, and, and force yourself to eat differently. But when you just go about your normal ways of living and eating, of, of thinking, living and eating, you, you're overweight. And so that's what needs to change. You need to program in new thoughts, feelings, lifestyle and behavior so that you can live as a thin and healthy person. 
So you don't need to diet. And so you're not gonna be an overweight person. You need a thin and healthy mindset. And so this is why you're always fighting against yourself. Um, again, weight loss is much more, you, you, most people think of it wrong. And I think the better way to think about weight loss is like if, if you woke up tomorrow and you said, you know what, from now on, I'm gonna brush my teeth with my other hand. Or from now on, I'm gonna write with my other hand. Right, that, that's a better concept of what it's like to lose weight. Because you could do it, but it would be hard because it takes lots of energy and concentration to write or brush your teeth with the other hand. You have to keep reminding yourself, it's not automatic. And that's what changing your weight's like. It's like you consciously all of a sudden have taken control of all these things that are just automated. And it's very difficult for you to do. And that's why you feel like you're fighting against yourself, but you just can't change it, you know? So you need a different approach. But go, Cosmo, go to my bio, click the link, get, get the hypnosis session I give you and watch the training I give you, okay? And, and it'll explain what I'm talking about. And it'll help you. Any tips on how to stick to my diet better? I keep going off track because I keep craving junk food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, how do you stick to your diet better? Uh, I mean, most diets suck and they're all or nothing and they don't they don't allow for any junk food, you know? So you try and stop eating all the junk food and you do it for a little while and then eat all the junk food. Same pattern over and over and over and over. So this is why we use the 5-2 model, five days of cleaning, two days of pleasure eating, um, which is a concept, but you want to have intentional times during the week where you want to eat clean. And then you have times during the week when you want to eat for pleasure and eat junk food. And so I would create a plan that involved both of those. I would create a weight loss plan that included junk food. You're craving it because every time you think you have to lose weight, you try and abstain from junk food. And the, the longer you abstain from junk food, the more the pressure builds to want to eat it until you finally eat it. And now you pig out on it and you just keep repeating the cycle. So instead start from the beginning with a plan that includes junk food. Um, if I open a big packet, it's like, I'm afraid it's going to run out. I can leave small ones in cupboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's irrational. I'm not saying any of this stuff's rational, but yeah, we open a big package and all of a sudden it's like, well, I got to finish it. You know, I got to finish it. Cause then I'm gonna start my weight loss plan. You know, we tell ourselves all sorts of crazy stuff, you know? Um, but that's true. All right, everyone, I got to get out of here. Um, but thank you so much. Great questions. Uh, remember you can always listen to the podcast. It's program yourself thin. Uh, it's on all the platforms. I've got new episodes every weekday. And if you haven't gotten to my world yet, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, watch the training I give you, three steps to master your weight. And if you're really serious, get the program and uh, we'll work together. But uh, thank you so much, everyone. Have a super day and we'll talk soon. Bye.